Thank you, everyone. So I, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why we're doing this series of most of our women's midweeks. The, the ones right after Women's Day, I'm still thinking through more if there'll be more on the wonderfully made topic, which probably they will. But, um, but the rest of the year, we're going to be doing this Encountering Jesus series. And it was somewhat inspired from my single women's In His Image group because we have been having just an incredible time really digging deeply and drinking deeply from God's word. And so I wanted to bring a little bit of that spirit of, I really want when you come on a Wednesday night for you to feel like you really got something from God's word and that you were really fed and encouraged and that it was worth your time on a Wednesday evening. So um, I also wanted us to just have some special time with Jesus. And so I chose a few images involving this word, and I like this one because I like the idea of just going out on the boat with Jesus and having some conversation and learning from him. And then this is my other image I found that I think is really cool. And, you know, when I looked up the word, um, the single women helped me come up with the, the word encountering Jesus. And, um, but when I looked it up, it was interesting. So here's some of the definitions, and I want you to think about it a little bit as we uh, look at this image even. But it means to come upon face-to-face, to come upon an experience, especially unexpectedly, to meet by chance, to engage in conflict with, or to meet as an adversary, like it just comes on you. Um, And I was thinking of this image, and I thought that, I don't know what it makes you think of, but it makes me think of either times where I'm drowning, and Jesus just shows up and rescues me and pulls me out of whatever I'm drowning from, But also, it made me think, just how he's standing on top of the water, it made me think of even Peter walking on water. And maybe that feeling sometimes we have, and this is maybe more the conflict with Jesus of, why are you letting me drown right now? Like, (laughs) I need help, and this is not where I want to be. So I thought of that. And then um, here's another image of encounters with Jesus. And as a noun, the word means a chance meeting, a particular kind of meeting or experience, like a romantic encounter would be one, or to come into the vicinity of a celestial body. So I don't know what this series will do for you or mean to you. I've been praying about it a lot and praying for all of you. And I pray that it will be a time where You'll maybe see Jesus in a new way, see some scriptures in a new way, or just have some special time with him, be inspired to have more special time with him. But that's the heart behind this. So we are going to dig in. And so tonight I want to talk about persistent faith and persistent prayer. And um, some of this is because of what I'm working on, and I also do want to give Most of this lesson is my own, but definitely some of it I want to give credit. I'm reading a fabulous book called Circle Maker as I'm focusing more on prayer. And the subtitle is Praying Circles Around Your Greatest Dreams and Greatest Fears. 
And so some of um, this content came from there, but we're gonna, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight as we encounter Jesus. So this is our first passage, and if someone wouldn't mind standing up and, and reading it for us, we're going to read about Jesus and John the Baptist here. Would anyone be willing to read that for me, those verses? April, thank you. Oh, and let me let me set this up real quick before you start. Thank you. But um, so before this part of the chapter, if you have a, a paper Bible, you'll see that the chapter starts with Jesus going into Capernaum, and that's where the centurion comes out to him and asks him to heal his servant who is near death. And, and Jesus does it without even ever going to the servant. So he heals the servant, and then he's going into the town of Nain, And he comes across a woman who's burying her dead son. And it says that Jesus is so moved that he raises this little boy from the dead. And so that's what has just happened. And now April will read this section. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So John's disciples hear about all this great stuff Jesus is doing, and he, they go and tell John about it. And John's first question is this. He sent them to the Lord to ask, are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? And I want to open it up to you and ask you, why do you think this would be John's question? Why do you think he would say this, Sarah? Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Anyone else have a comment? Yeah. I I think he's kind of asking along those lines, maybe it, not even just is it worth it, but are you going to help me? Like, I'm, okay, that's great. You're raising this person from the dead and healing this person. But I'm your cousin. 
I'm here in prison. Um, are you going to do that for me? And um, I've never thought about it till I started working on this lesson. I never thought about what that must have been like to have Jesus heal all these other people and John gets beheaded. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel a little bit like, what? This is your cousin. Like, why Why are you not rescuing him? And, um, and I think my sense is that John was, he was wrestling a little bit. Or he wanted, this was his question. This was his heart. And it's really an interesting thing that Jesus, when they come to Jesus and ask him this, he tells them, go back, you know, tell John that the blind receive sight and, you know, all these good things are happening. And then in April's Bible, it said, um, verse 23 was, blessed is anyone who does not fall away on account of me. Mine is, well, here's um, these translations. So NIV, uh, at least maybe it's the, today's NIV is mine, but blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. The English Standard Version says, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. So I want to ask you, why do you think Jesus would say this? He's saying, tell John, all these great things are happening. But then he says, blessed is the one who does not stumble, who does not fall away, or who is not offended by me. Uh, Chantel. Amen. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. I love that. I love that, that he didn't condemn his doubt and helped his faith. Yes, Natalie. Isn't it, when you can get to a place of total trust in God, there is such a freedom in that. There is such a peace. And, you know, and then obviously Jesus goes on to say these incredible things about John, that um, among those born of women, there's no one greater than John. He just had incredible admiration and respect for John. But at the same time, he didn't rescue him, which is interesting to me, I think. And um, so this is my point. For us to live unoffended, as that verse said, to live unoffended by God. And I want to ask you these questions. Do you ever feel like God is doing miracles for everyone else but you? Have we all been there maybe at different times? 
Um, and what do you do? What do you do when you feel like offended <laughs> by God or like bad things are happening to me and, and why is that? You know, and I think you can give up or you can really pray through it. And that's the persistent prayer we're going to be talking about. I feel like you can get frustrated and question God or you can live unoffended. And so I want you to really think about that a little bit in your own life. If you feel like you're someone that lives unoffended before God, or where are you at often in your trust for God? You know, I feel like sometimes this is a challenge for me. Even reading this about John and really thinking about it, I was like, wow, I always focus about all the people he's raising, but what about his poor cousin here? You know, oh, and Janet, you have, want to make a comment? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It does. Wow, so well said. I want you to get up here and teach us, Janet. <laughs> um Thank you. Yes, I love that. You know, and this is a lot of what we do in our single women's group. We, we actually haven't done this passage, but just learning from each other, even that, that he was really trying to take John's eyes off of himself and onto the good things he was doing. And, um, you know, but I was just going to share a little bit of, you know, even how this can be a challenge for me at times. You know, I think even, you know, recently when my brother-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, and we've had so many people die in our family of cancer. There, in his chances are at four percent survival rate. My brother-in-law, and I just thought, really, God, is this really what you're going to do right now? Like, and my sister's going through a lot with her teenagers right now, and I felt a little offended. Like, you really want us to go through this again? I can't go through this again, and. Um, you know, I think sometimes when things happen with our kids, that's where we can get a little offended. Or I'll speak for myself. Like even God is teaching Chloe some hardcore lessons right now. And she's going through some, some real ups and downs. And I don't like it. <laughs> I really want my kids to learn the easier way. <laughs> you know, like, why does it have to be so hard? Um, but I got to trust him. And that's why one of the reasons why I'm really focusing on prayer this year is because I want to be in that place that some of you were sharing about 
about just that freedom and that complete trust in my eyes off myself and my eyes on God. And so the word persistent, because I think this is what we have to do when we get a little offended. We've got to persist with God, right, to get to that place. We have to persist in spite of opposition, obstacles, discouragement, to persevere, to be enduring, tenacious, constantly repeated, continued. And so we need to persist with God. And, you know, Jesus promises in that he says, blessed is anyone who is not offended. Blessed are you if you don't fall away on account of me. Blessed are you if you don't stumble is what that verse says. So he promises that if we do live unoffended, we will have incredible blessings. And also, we see sometimes him doing miracles all around us for other people, right? And if he's doing it for other people, don't we sometimes say it like that? Like, wow, if that can happen for that person, then surely God can take care of me. And I think we do need to persist, though, in our prayers. And... um So I want to ask us if we're being this way. You know, it takes time in prayer to get over some of these things. And I feel like if we don't don't pray through things and get help from spiritual people, I feel like a part of our heart dies spiritually. And I feel like there's a part of our heart that just gets hard. And one of my biggest prayers for the year is that this church, each and every one of you, will be refreshed and reengaged with God. Because I don't want any of you just coming to church as a shell of a Christian, because it's what you do. But I want you to have that soft heart with God. But we need to live unoffended. And, um, you know, that's a little of where I was at coming into this year. I felt like... um, I felt like last year there was a lot of hard things that happened, and I felt like I felt like me and God were close and doing well. But if I was real, when I got really honest, I felt like, okay, what hard thing are you going to have me go through next? Like, I'm trying to be ready. <laughs> I want to be ready for. I'm going to kind of. I'm going to. I'm going to try fight to trust you, God. But I wasn't at a place that God just wanted to abundantly bless me as his daughter. And and that's my question for you is, do you feel that with you and God, that he just wants to bless you like the scriptures say, beyond your, beyond your imagination? Or, or where are you at in that? Do you feel like that daughter? And I don't know about you, and I, I know this isn't maybe a real strength of mine in some ways, but I love spoiling my kids. I, I love giving them special gifts. I love doing things for them. And um, and I also want them to obviously have character and things. But um, do you feel like that from God with you, that he just wants to spoil you with blessings and abundance? And so that's part of why I focused on prayer this year, because I knew that God wanted me to feel that and wanted me, I think like Janet say, not to have my eyes on me, but more on him and all the good things. And so that's where prayer has been my focus this year. 
And, um, and I'm sorry if I'm sharing too much about myself, but I'm going to share these couple of little pictures because I've been going on amazing prayer walks with God. And, um, okay, this is a little video, and I'll explain it. Well, okay, I, um, where's my scripture here? Scott printed this for me, and he did it on, like, two sides, and I'm like, I don't normally do that, so I'm like, where's my next page? Okay, I'll find it in a minute. But, um, oh, oh, it's a slide, I guess. So, okay, just this, I was walking on my prayer walk, and if any of you know me, yellow is my favorite color, and all of a sudden I walked up to this tree, and there was no joke, like about a 100 yellow birds, little finches in this tree. You'll see them. I, I don't know. This is... You can hear them. So you get the idea. They're hard to see, but they're bright yellow birds just filling this tree. And whenever I'm out on prayer walks and I I see the birds and I hear the birds, um, I always think of the scripture, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feed them, feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? And I always think that on my prayer walks. And so it's just been uh, neat to think of this scripture and as God brought me these hundreds of yellow birds, um, but that you're so much more valuable than the birds. And um, he wants to bless you abundantly. And then also lately, I've been seeing almost every morning this little owl. And he's the cutest thing. Um, I thought he was a total baby because he's like only like this big. But he's a burrowing owl. I researched it. This is an adult. And he would, he would fly out and seem like he was trying to protect his little area here. So anyway, God's been blessing me with these little gifts along the way. But uh, all right, we're going to move on to our, our second passage and, and point. Um, but we need to live unoffended and be persistent. So we're going to go to John 11. It's a bit of a long passage. Um, maybe I'll read it and I might skip a few little areas. Um, so if you can turn there, John 11, starting in verse 17. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. And let's skip that next paragraph. And then verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was in Psalm, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. 
Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? And then they go to the tomb, and skipping down to verse 40, Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Take off the grave clothes and let him go, Jesus said. All right. I want to focus on this past part of the passage. It's obviously amazing story. But this was a new thing for me to see in this passage where uh, Martha, you know, she says, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And that's a powerful statement, that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And I think there's two kinds of faith. There's a preventative faith. This is the prayers like that we pray before things happen, right? Like, oh, be with us today. Help us get home safely. Lord, watch out for my children the preventative kind of faith. And then the thing I really want to talk about is resurrection faith. Because resurrection faith is a faith that refuses to put periods at the end of disappointments. And a faith that believes that God can reverse the irreversible. And even then you believe even now. And I love this. And we need a resurrection kind of faith. We need this kind of faith that believes God will do amazing things even now, even in spite of hardships or disappointments. And, you know, I love this picture of persistence in prayer. And you can see the little praying hands there. But that idea of praying for this thing to grow out of, like, solid rock that God can produce life out of a stone um, is a resurrection kind of faith. And I believe that one way that we can have this resurrection faith and persistent faith and persistent prayer is by praying the God's promises. And um, when we pray God's promises, you can pray with total confidence, holy confidence, because he said it. He promised it. And God likes to come good on his promises. We're going to look at a verse on that too. And it is the difference between praying tentatively and praying tenaciously. And so this is my, I am having resurrection faith these days, and it is exciting, and it's awesome, and I'm really, I have some big prayers I'm praying this year. And, um, you know, some of them, like I already said, my biggest one is probably for that 
this church to really be refreshed and re-engaged in all of you. And I'm praying through almost every day Acts 2.42 on that because this is what I want for all of you, for you to be devoted to God and his word, to the breaking of bread and to prayer, to the fellowship, that you'll meet together with glad and sincere hearts, that you'll be joyful in your Christian walk, that you'll be close to him, that you'll be willing to sell things to give to the needy, that it's just because you're living for God in eternity, and that God will add to our number because of all those things. And so I'm just praying that God is going to do that, and I believe he is going to come true. And and I'm going to share, this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, and I don't know exactly the right way to do it, but I don't really like when you say, or for me, when I hear someone say, I prayed this, and so God did it. Like, I feel like sometimes it's like them taking the glory, and I don't want to take any of the glory. Um, But I also know God loves answering prayers, and it's good news when he answers our prayers. And so I just have to say that God is really, it's all about God, but he's encouraging me as I'm praying this prayer. So I do want to share that. And there's just been a couple of things. And I like I really got to lift up the Serranos and Boyers. Honestly, they are exactly what I've been praying for. They are refreshed and reengaged like I've never seen them before. And it's been my desire for them for a long time. And I, I just love it. And, um, and there's been other people. There was a sister that was so inspired last week by Robin's message. And it just was exactly what she needed to get refreshed and reengaged. And there's so many other people like this that I could talk about. But um, that is my prayer for every single one of you. And, um, you know, I'm also praying because... I'm praying 1 Timothy 2.4 about how God wants everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. And I am just praying, like Chloe is so evangelistic at UPenn. And she's literally studied like with over 10 people and no one's made it. Even in this last week, she had five people out to Bible talk last week, four people out to Bible talk this week. She's got like four personal studies going on. Um, But no one has made it, and it's been a lot of disappointment. But I'm just praying, God, you want people saved there, so I know you will bring baptisms this semester because you want that. And I'm praying that about my neighborhood. You moved me here (laughs) to save souls. That's why I'm here. So who's it going to be? Let's see it. I'm claiming it, you know, and I'm, you know, that's why you work the job you work. And so I just know God wants people to be saved. I also, like, I've also been praying for an amazing new building for us because I think that would be wonderful. But I don't really have a scripture for that. And so I'm not 100% sure that's what God wants. I I think he might. I want it. But I can't pray it with as much confidence as these other things. You know, another big prayer of mine this year is for some of the single sisters that I love and adore to get married or to be on that road. I just believe God wants more people married in our single women's ministry than than it seems like there's brothers for it right now. So, But I'm praying, Psalm 37, 4, that you want to give people the desire of their heart. And I just, I know he is going to do that. I'm also praying about not being worried 
and to, that the peace of God will transcend understanding. And I, so I got my scriptures. And again, I'm sorry, I don't mean to go on too much about myself. I just want to share that we need to pray the promises of God. And that um, I love this picture about, I feel like this is how it can be sometime. Like, this looks just grueling. Running up a steep hill of soft sand. Like, there's not much worse than that. But we've got to not quit on holding to the promises of God and being persistent in prayer. I love this verse. It says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Amen. God, his promises are yes. Are you claiming his promises? Are you praying the promises of God? And if you're offended, work through it. So you can really believe this with all of your heart. You know, amen literally means so be it. And that's why we say it, because we believe it. (laughs) So we need to believe it. By conservative estimates, there's over 3,000 promises in Scripture. Wow. It's a prayer book. Pray the Bible. Dig into them. And hold on to them. I love this, that the value of persistent prayer is not that he will hear us, but that we finally hear him. And isn't it a beautiful thing when you hear God? Like, okay, I know it's silly, but like when I saw all those birds, I like just started tearing up. I'm just like, God, I just love that you want to bring me these birds. And I was telling Scott about it, and I'm like, I don't know if he really brought the birds for me, but... I think he appreciates that I really love his creation. If nothing else, he, <laughs> I love his creation. But it's such a beautiful thing when we feel like we finally hear him and get to that place of faith. And I love this picture because I know that God loves resurrection. He loves resurrection. I think it's his finest moment in scripture when he raises Jesus from the dead. And doesn't he love that in us when we have a resurrection faith? I think that must just fire him up when we're his daughters and just like, yes, dad, I know you're going to do it because you promise me and you love me. And so let's be women that are persistent in prayer and that have persistent faith and resurrection faith. Thank you very much.